So I had one of these, like, you know you're getting old moments happen to me uh, because I have been looking for... I sit on a couch, which has got, like, the built-in, like, armrest thing here. It's a nice sectional thing. Those. They're really, really nice. But what it's not nice for is that I like to sit on the couch and sometimes, like, pull up my laptop. And so there's no place for me to, like, have the laptop and then, like, set it down. So I've been looking for, hmm. like, all kinds of different ways of having, like, a table I could set up. And I got so excited because I finally found it. And when it arrived, I set it up. I have been so excited about this end table, like movable thing. <laughs> so excited over freaking furniture. I'm like, oh, what happened to me? Like, <laughs> I used to be so cool. I used to be cool. Now I'm excited about this end table. <laughs> I was just like, you know what you would have done 10 years ago? Put it on the floor. Or lean I know, the right? But now I'm like, you know, the effort to put something on the floor and then pick it back up again, that it takes so much more effort not, now. <laughs> for me, though, it's the worry. Ooh, like yeah. the dog's going to kick it. My wife's going to kick it. I'm going to kick it. No, are you kidding me? I'm going to step on it. Like that's <laughs> there's just <laughs> nobody else. It's going to be me doing that. Man, I I just had this after I got it assembled and I set it up and I like look I showed my wife look and she's like, yeah, it's a I mean, what? It I'm like, probably came, it's a, came with the Allen wrench you used to put it together. Uh, well, it's more than what it is. Like it slides and can be turned into an L, so it can kind of go in front of you and then you can move it around and it's okay. Look, I'm it's like a nice TV tray. Basically, what it is, but it 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 it. See, this is why I knew I was getting old. I'm very excited about this, but it's like you just got excited about something that just replaces a TV tray. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, TV tray 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's okay because, you know, what? me and my wife are getting old too because my daughter's 19. She's kind of like out of the house. You know, she's home. She lives still here. She didn't go away for school, but she's never here. No. She's got millions he's got a car a million places to go and we have now we watch a lot of tv tray dinners mm -hmm. like she'll be like put the news on get the tv trays out all right <laughs> we'd rather do that and sit at the table yeah <laughs> yeah so welcome to demo jockeys the show for young pre-sales put on by old pre-sales people <laughs> so i'm one of your hosts and we're really old we're really old i'm really really old. I'm, I'm your host jack cochran and with me as always is my co-host adam de tomaso adam how hello everyone. Yeah, hello everyone uh today wearing a hiked it liked it mount uh i can't make that up kineo okay in maine mount kineo yeah great state of maine if you ever get a chance out to go to moosehead lake maine it's like the real woods. Ooh. You can walk to Canada from there. My brother's got a big place out there, and we get to go visit him. But I would recommend don't bring friends, bring your partner, because there's no one else around. <laughs> if you need people, don't don't go thinking there's a social scene because <laughs> there isn't. <laughs> if you need people, this might not be a solo adventure for you. <laughs> right, not a solo adventure. But get you know, get your partner, get your friends, get your whoever whatever and go to maine it's vacation yeah. land it really really is but before you go to maine make sure you've downloaded the past episodes of demo jockeys that you might have missed if you're new here specifically if this is your first episode pause on this one go back at least one episode maybe two this is our last week we're talking about doing discovery by peter cohen this is part two of our interview with him so at least go back one episode if you want to catch the first half of it it's been a great conversation so far and I don't really want to waste any more time. Let's just get into. Yeah. Let's just let's jump, let's into, just jump into the interview. We'll we'll see you there. 
Well, yeah, but though thinking about this though, particularly for a new SC, I think about it's got two things are banging around in my head. One is can we show them where this potentially could be an opportunity to set a trap? And two, is it because I've got a list of ten questions that I need to get through, and if I don't get through these, my boss is going to be mad? Oh, interesting. Well, if discovery is is visualized as a chore and not a curiosity opportunity, then you're already behind. Um, yeah, right. I mean, I think I think this is one of the things that I think is is this is one of the things that Carol Frischman told me is that taught me is that. Every single business that you sell to is different. Um, now that will be contested, and rightly so, because ninety, you know, ninety to ninety-five percent of of people who are in customer-facing positions will say, and correctly, that we wouldn't have a market if they didn't share a set of needs and, and desires, and that's all correct. However, what makes discovery so enjoyable is are, are all the little differences. And so, you know, one of the things that I that I try to teach in Discovery Workshop is anytime you hear something different out of the ordinary, man, explore that because that's the uniqueness opportunity. And that's where the prospect begins to get really excited and engaged because you're truly engaged in what they're doing. So it's the curiosity aspect that I think can, can really change that from, oh, there's a list of 10 questions I have to follow to, Ooh, tell me more about that. I've never heard that before. And yeah, I feel like it's human nature, though, to do just the opposite, though, right? Where we want to latch on, especially as maybe it's not human nature, it's seller nature, if that's going to be a thing, where since we're listening for the things that we know we've sold before, we're listening almost for those keywords. And so the tendency is that I've seen to dismiss the differences and to latch on to things that are the familiar. But you're saying do the exact do the exact opposite to that well i'm i'm trying this i'm miscommunicating do both <laughs> confirm okay. confirm the things that are all normal but investigate the outliers absolutely oh yeah no i, I well i like that that's that's very tangible confirming the things that you that are normal when By you're the way, investigating the outliers one of, one of my one of my favorite phrases that i hopefully you picked up in the book is you are not alone. Yes. yes. Which yeah. is a really gentle way of confirming the typical. Oh, you're not alone. Absolutely. Heard yes. it, you know, heard, oh, I've heard this, I've heard this hundreds of times. Makes people feel good because they're not unique in that sense and that they they presume since you have heard it a hundred times that you should be able to help them. But notwithstanding that, it's the outliers and the exceptions that are the intriguing things, and that's those are what really can help drive the conversation. Right, and and Gen doing that on those interest. outliers, yeah, absolutely genuine genuine interest for sure, and mm -hmm. confirming the differences and understanding the differences that are unique is what can help them to get that feeling of they actually understand my business which is something that we talked about actually in the last episode. And I'd love to dive in a little bit with you around, uh, you know, if you have any stories or any frameworks that you'd like to share around really, how is it that you can get to that point you talked about in the book where you do, you doing discovery sets you apart from your competition who might only have been just confirming the likenesses <laughs> and dismissing all the uniquenesses, right? I have uh, I have a great story for that, which absolutely. I don't even now recall if I if I include it in the book or not, but I but I put it in a lot of presentations. I was so 
typical engagement for me, um, somebody reaches out and says, hey, interested in learning about great demo or doing discovery, let's set a time to talk. And so we, we typically organize a, a 30 minute meeting. Okay. And so this woman, uh, we'll call her Susan because that's her name. Um, and I connected and we had a conversation that went for about 25 minutes and about 25 at the 25 minute mark. I, this is another one of the, the, the little tests I love to run is, Hey, I say, I've got a pile more questions I really need to ask you. Um, should we set up a second call or do you just want me to send you pricing information? And she said, no, 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 let's set up another call. This is really, really good. And so we agreed to do that in the final couple of minutes. By the way, that's a wonderful watershed dividing point because if the prospect says, no, just send me information, well, they're probably not in a, an active buying process or they're probably not genuinely interested in what you, what you offer. On the other hand, if they're willing to go into a second deeper conversation, that's delight. That means they really want to be discovered. They're, they're, they're a patient that wants, that knows they need some serious surgery and wants the doctor to do a good job before they start with a scalpel, mm. <laughs> right. for example. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, a, I don't know, a few days later, get on a call with her, and it, we were about 45 minutes into what had planned to be an hour call, and I'm working through my stuff, and it was, and it was a good conversation, and she stops me. She says, you know you've already closed me. And I said, really? yeah. She says, you know you've already closed me. I said, no, I don't. I didn't, but thank you so much for telling me this. And, what, and she explained, she says, you understand our situation so intimately at this point that I'm comfortable with whatever solution you propose. Yeah. What a great outcome, huh? <laughs> I mean, that is a great outcome. It, it's, it's funny you say that because I love that story. If people can still hear now me, we can, a yeah. little bit better. Yeah. Uh, I love that because that is so in line with what I'm doing right now. Literally like we're in my job, we're selling discovery and that's a great anecdote because the more intelligent we sound, the more cleaner we sound, we know your situation. We've seen it before. We can, discovery is not, I mean, this tells me this is discovery is not just about getting information, but also about proving that you know how to use that information. Yep. Yep. And actually solve your business problem. That's the goal of discovery. I actually have a story about this that, was from when Adam and I worked together, and Adam, you and I were on this call, I believe. You, oh, it's gonna be awesome. I think, man. I think, I think I you don't were. remember it. But. Yeah, you might not remember it, <laughs> but uh, I, I won't name names about anybody else. But we were evaluating some software together that we wanted to purchase, so we were sitting on the other side oh, of the table. Yes. You just remember this? Remember the story now? Uh, now you I were the prospect. All, yes. We were, we were the, for the first time. And, that's and that's so, when the scales drop from your eyes. <laughs> I mean, it's very honestly judgy. the best learning you can do as a seller is be a customer for a little bit. Just go, go try to buy something, and and you yeah. learn a lot. But we had uh, narrowed it down, I think, to three or two vendors, and ultimately it came down to the fact that you know the software seemed very similar across the board very similar but one vendor every time we got on a call with them they insisted on showing us a feature we kept telling them we didn't care about they kept <laughs> insisting on pushing a process that oh, we weren't going to utilize and the stuff but we said we wanted to see they weren't before you go on those that that group is our members of the sales prevention team <laughs> yeah. yeah 
Yeah. Keep going. That's fair. Yeah. And it it came down to the fact that honestly, when when we did the the thing was when we did reference calls, everyone said that software is better. When we would do, uh, when we would check it out, it, it looked like, yeah, that's probably the better software. But we, I ended up calling them, and they were they were going to get into another demo. And I said, hey, before we've already decided, we're we're going to go with this other with your competitor. I appreciate you taking the time. And they really were really distraught by that. Like, well, we're better here, we're better here, we're better here. I said, well, that's all true. I don't think you understand me because you keep talking about things I don't care about. And if you're going to do that now, what's going to happen after I'm a customer and I have a concern or I have a need and, and I'm unique and you're not paying attention to how I'm different from everybody else? And so for me, that was a cementing aha moment when I got done with that call of, I wonder how many times I've done that. And I got to make sure I'm doing everything I can in discovery and really listening so that I'm not just bringing the static, bringing the common stuff in. But Adam, I don't know. Do you, do you remember that phone call? Do you remember that conversation? I do. And it was funny to me because <clears throat> you know what it was, is this is a great example of sales and SE not leadership, not having control over what needs to be done Hmm. to me, because you could tell that person was demoing from a script. I mean, this was no offense to that board solutions consultant who had to demo to Jack and I, who are like putting our judge robes on as we get ready for the, for the WebEx, (laughs) you know, getting our judge robes on, putting our big wigs on and be like, all right, demo to us. (laughs) And we're going to crush you in every possible way and make you feel bad. I have a feeling I come across a lot nicer than that. Now, now I'm really questioning. The kinder judge robes were totally on. Absolutely. Oh yeah. But uh, I was like, this guy's new. No, I was not, but it was fun nonetheless. And to know, like, we know, like, particularly in the platform that we were both selling at the time, it was very, it's a very competitive space. You have to have good discovery. You have to have good demos. So it, it just blew our minds. And it told me that the product management team was leading the charge in sales and leading the, like, you have to do this. You have to show these features because these features are the ones that sell the platform. And they're pushing sales and discovery there's pushing sales and pre-sales, in my opinion, to follow their rules as opposed to them saying, well, this is what's best for the deal. I'm going to adjust and change my tactics and not necessarily show what product marketing wants me to show. I'm going to show what's relative to the product and the prospect. And what I feel is, is that was a very immature sales organization that had not realized that fact yet. And they soon will. And they lost the deal. Yeah, and they, they lost, lost the deal. As they keep losing deals, that fact's going to become more and more prevalent. You know, you you raised um, you raised an interesting topic that I've been exploring over this past year or so, which is um, un- how do I want to introduce understanding the buyer's journey. That's the phrase that everybody loves to use. Let's understand the buyer's journey. Well, you said it. If you haven't actually bought an expensive, complex offering it's much harder to understand that buying journey and that implementation journey and that ROI journey. Yep. Um, and I was in some meetings with, uh, with large groups of people and I was of sales and pre-sales people and I was just show of hands. How many of you have bought complex software that, that cost more than let's just, I don't remember the number I had, but it was like $75,000 on an annual basis. And in a room of a hundred people, it was like two people. <laughs> I said, yep. yeah, how many of you have bought tools that cost perhaps five to $10,000? You know, so it's just a software tool that you basically raise a PO for and that's it. And a few more hands went up. 
And I realized this is, you know, this is another case of the blind trying to lead the blind. Um, you've, you need to sit and understand, you need to go through that process or interview people who have been through that process to understand the subtleties, the pains, the slings, the outrageous fortunes of, of a real buyer's journey as opposed to what is taught to um, most sales organizations. They're entirely different. Gartner has this fabulous graphic which looks like um, shoots uh, and ladders to a certain degree of, of you know, of... Um, of what this, the buying journey actually looks like as opposed to those those beautiful linear, okay, now we go to step A oh, to yeah. step B to step C to mm -hmm. step Z, and, and, and it's done. Yay, we're all happy. Meow. <laughs> Doesn't happen yeah, like no. that. No, <laughs> not at all. That, yeah. You know, it's go, – go ahead, Jack. No, I was saying, yeah. It's, I was cutting you off. <laughs> I was going to say, no, it's, it's very true that, you know, mo most sellers have not been buyers – and so don't know the process. And the problem is a lot of times the people you're selling to sometimes is the first piece of big software that they're purchasing as well. And so what you've gotten is not only it's a little bit of the blind leading the blind, but it's even more so because it's they've never purchased your software before. They never purchased software before. They don't know their internal mechanisms that they need to do. They don't really understand what what like when <laughs> here's here's a pet peeve of mine using your sales vernacular with your customer. We're going to do a discovery call with you. They don't one really know what that means and it sounds a little weird why not be very forthcoming and saying here's the process we're going to go through i want to set up a call to understand your process a little bit because i want to demonstrate this to you in your context and i want to help you to build a case for selecting the right software how does that sound so everyone would love that especially if they've never done it yeah. before so visualize a four quadrant grid <laughs> four quadrant grid. Give me a four quadrant grid and I can rule the world. But um, And on the, <laughs> let's say, the, the vertical axis, you have um, buyer experience. And on the horizontal axis, you have, let's say, the, the increasing level of complexity. So the bottom left corner would be um, somebody who is inexperienced at buying tools. So, for example, I w when I was managing a group... Um, a number of years ago, I had about 12 engineers. They came to me and they said, we need SolidWorks. I said, great, what's that? <laughs> they said, <laughs> they said uh, it's a 3D CAD CAM software tool. I went, great, let me know what you need, um, you know, what versions, what, whatever it is, and I'll raise a PO. Okay, boom. Um, that's a tool. So there are people who are inexperienced at buying tools. There are people who are experienced at buying tools. There are people who are inexperienced at buying complex software and people who are experienced. And so clearly you need to understand that and then ask a few questions to understand, dear prospect, where are you on this grid? Because if you're inexperienced, let me give you guidance in addition to doing discovery. And now you'll understand why we're doing discovery. If you're experienced, then we can work together that much more rapidly and simply lay out our mutual pathways and make sure that they, they correspond properly, if you will. Um, by the way, the same thing is true for champions. You could put together that same four-quadrant grid and ask those same questions. Are you experienced in being a champion before? Um, because that's a much different situation than somebody who is a new champion who's all excited about your software but doesn't know how to deal with all that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. 
So that's someone yeah. who's never gone and asked for a budget or adjusted a timeline or anything to that nature. Had to sell it internally, all that. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, how to sell it internally. That's you. I have a, I have a story it's, on that. The, the um, when, back, Way back, the same time when I was, I won't tell you what year this was, but it was before the turn of the century. Um, and I was a senior product manager, and I wanted to buy some software to help manage our product management process, the you know tracking, tracking um, new capabilities, and et cetera, et cetera. And it was very clear we needed it to our perspective. And I went to our to our CFO, who was also at that time a mentor to me, which was a delightful thing to have happen. And I said, John, because that was his name, um, I need this piece of software. He said, how much is it? I said, it's $55,000. He said, you can't have it. <laughs> I nope. said, but, but why? He said, because here's, and he explained it delightfully. He said, you need a business case, but you need a business case that is compelling enough that I'm going to give you the money as opposed to simply investing it in a treasury note or something similar that I know is going to earn 5% over the course of this next year. What is your investment of our $55,000 going to enter, you know, generate for our company over that same time period? And I said, oh, and then he he delightfully walked me through how to put one of these things together. And I went back to my desk and a day later I had a, you know, a cost justification as we were calling it at the time. And I got my software, but in the absence of having somebody who was friendly and willing to guide me through that process, yeah, I would never have gotten that software. So that's a great example of, of somebody who was a, a, I was happy to champion it, but I was, uh, I was unable, I was not experienced enough to actually move that process toward myself. Mm -hmm. And in order to even really understand too, just from a talking about where that starts is that the people that you're talking to may be that inexperienced person, right? That you need to help. Do you start building that relationship with helping them get there that very first time you're talking to them, even often pre-discovery? Because they need to know that you, the seller, are going to help me figure out how to do this. And if you can build that trust with them, if they're if you're if they see you as, you know what, I like Adam's software and Jack's software equally. Adam though seems like he's a little bit more invested in me, a little more willing to help out where he needs to, and, and helping to explain things to me. And he's helped with internal processes. I feel like I'm going to have a better chance of getting any software if I go with Adam, even though jacks may be a better price like that's something that you can't underestimate that uh really that that building that trust and building that relationship that goes well beyond just the is your software better or understanding someone better and there's a but wait there's more <laughs> mm-hmm. um buyer enablement is a theme that i tried to weave into um both doing discovery and the third edition of great demo um are you guys familiar Okay, yes, they're not yep, they're nodding right. their heads, and it's a podcast. Yep, so this, we're this is nodding our well. heads. The, the, the first, the, I think, one of the end books I've got over there is the is Garen Hess's book. Oh, Garen's um, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Buying is uh, selling, selling is hard. Is buying hard, is harder. Buying which is harder. I which I believe we have on our bookshelf for at some point later this year. I think. So I think the it, yes, for, for the unwashed, for the the new the people who are newly being minted into pre sales uh, or sales, buy enablement is proactively. Um, thinking, anticipating what your buyer wants or needs. So being proactive about and anticipating. So a very simple example. Um, yesterday, um, 
one of my old customers called me up. He's in a new company. He said, hey, Kohan, um, uh, I want to have you take a look at what we're doing. And I said, terrific. Do you record any of your demos to get today? Do you record any of your discovery calls? He said, yeah, we're using X, Y, whatever it is to do that. He said, um, yeah, I could go ahead and send those to you. And then he thought for a moment. And I said, why don't we execute a mutual NDA so that you're protected and you can send those to me. He had never done that portion of the process before. And he said, oh, really? yeah, that's right. I need to do that. So that's a very small example. Bigger examples yeah. for somebody who's selling um, anybody in the security space <laughs> um, is to get that uh, privacy and data survey work started really early because it may be your rate limiting step. And by being proactive, by saying, hey, dear prospect, um, if this is something that you need to complete before you can you can onboard anybody or even share certain levels of certain types of information, why don't we get that started now, et cetera, et cetera. So buyer enablement, thinking in terms of how skilled, how experienced is your prospect in their buying processes, how skilled or experienced are they in their championing processes, buyer enablement can really help you uh, pave that path to remove friction. Yeah. No, absolutely love that. I've 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 seen that firsthand myself make a make a huge difference. Um, absolutely. So, just keeping an eye on the time that we have, I want to make sure we carve out plenty of time at the end here for you, Peters, to highlight anything that you are. We, we'd love to hear anything you're working on right now that is sort of yes. maybe new coming out of the books. Maybe it's things related to stuff going on um, with uh, with Great Demo with with your company with you know anything else um what, what what you got going on right now what would you like to highlight i am <laughs> so i've i've got the third edition of great demo done that was actually the request of the rest of the team who said we need that book for the next 15 <laughs> years i went okay fine <laughs> i appreciate it that it was a great update it. i really really did appreciate yes. it <laughs> well there were some references to things like modems and overhead projectors and stuff like that. Yep. technology that you know that that goes back to the coal and steam engine era i think um so that certainly need to be refreshed um doing discovery is a year and a third old or something like that um uh, what i have been doing um I have drafted somewhere close to 90 or 100 articles. Um, these are, you know, six to eight to 10 to 12 pages of, of stuff that are not in the books. And so I've been doing two things. I've been overhauling these to, to bring them up to, to date, uh, refreshing them. And then inevitable, inevitably, I've been also drafting new stuff because I am suffering from a problem of way too many ideas to get out in any particular day or week or whatsoever. Um, yes, today I just released an article called um, uh, The Crisp Currency of Discovery Communication, which is the use of the great demo situation slide as a method to do exactly that, because it really represents the tip of the, uh, the discovery information iceberg. Once you have a complete great demo situation slide, it can flow between sales to pre-sales or pre-sales to sales, to professional services, to customer success, to development, even to and into marketing and so forth. Um, so I guess what I would suggest is in addition to the books, people might want to take a look at the resources pages on our website at greatdemo.com. There's the blog posts and I've been, I've been ramping up 
I have a list of something like 200 some odd ideas that could be harvested as blog posts. And for years, I sort of held back, well, people can only take about one of these a week. And I went, I'm going to run out of time before I die. So I figured I better, I better increase the frequency. Um, so the, that, the resources pages are designed to be an evergreen resource for people who want to never stop learning. That's the tagline. So that, that would be my recommendation. Uh, podcasts, webinars, blog posts, and the articles. Um, you know, set yourself a process of consuming like one article a week. That'll take um, that'll take two years at that pace to go through the stuff that's there, assuming they don't keep cranking it out. <laughs> you gotta let people catch up, Peter. It's just, it's I'm working on it. <laughs> Damn it! Read faster. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'll give you two a week. Yeah. I could. I could commit to there that. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. No. Ex excellent. Definitely. We'll check that on myself and encourage all our our listeners and watchers to, to check that out as well. Uh, Peter, it has been absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time, uh, and uh, definitely we'll encourage people to check out uh, greatdemo.com. Read the books. Pick up doing discovery. While you're at it, pick up the third edition of Great Demo. Read, read them in tandem or, or back to back, uh, whichever order you like. Maybe, maybe you start with doing Discovery because we just, just talked about it. <laughs> there's a blog post on that on a recommendation of, of how to read the two books. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's there. Oh, I got to check that well, out. That's, that's we'll, we'll, fi we'll find it. We'll find it and we'll put it in the comments and in the show notes so people can link to it pretty easily. There um, you go. Yes. But uh, yeah, but but thanks so much. Appreciate having you on the show and. Uh, we we look yeah, forward thank to you very much. We look forward to getting into great demo maybe maybe later. <laughs> at some I'm point. looking forward. Oh, we're totally to, yeah. going to get into great demo later. <laughs> that was the first book I ever read, Jack. That's we're going to do. Yeah. It. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I should I should get on your parents about the books they chose to read you, but I'm not going to die. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much. All right, gentlemen. Have a great afternoon. Many thanks. Well, that's going to do it. That's the end of our long month of February with our, our full interview with Peter Cohen. I had a blast with that. Really, really enjoyed it. I'm going to I'm going to have to check out those articles. We've actually we'll have linked to those articles. So you can check out the resources, you know, both greatdemo.com as well as the resource page. We'll we'll link to that. We'll make sure you've got access to it and everything else. Um, Adam, what's coming up? What's coming up next? What do you got for March? We got a great book coming out for March. That's uh, stories that stick by Kendra Hall. Kendra Hall, fantastic. I I have been reading through it already, and it's as we talked about doing discovery very much a textbook. This is not. This is a story about stories with stories. So if you like a story driven book, pick it up. Pick it up. Give it give it a read along with us. Uh, I'm excited to to talk about I that mean, with you. Heck for Heck, folks, the introduction is literally JFK and the story that kidnapped my husband. I mean, I mean that caught me. Going, <laughs> Even just the title caught yeah, me from the start, right? Like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm going to read this. Absolutely. Now, there is one thing I will say. We're going to give you an extra week to get through the book. So yes. we're changing a little bit. The first episode of each month, just to give you guys a little bit more time to catch up so that you're not going from one book right to the next, we're going to do something completely unrelated where we're not talk about a book. We're not talk about something other, whether it's current events, whether it's about movies that relate to sales. Yes, 
It's going to be about a movie that relates to sales next week, which is going to be very <laughs> yes, exciting. So still join us for that one. <laughs> it's going to be great. But that gives you a little bit more time to read. Uh, also, I will say, if you've not joined the Slack community, find that on demojockeys.com or just slack.demojockeys.com if you want the direct link. Join the Slack community. We're still gathering feedback on having people join us backstage so you can actually be here for the live recordings and join in with the conversation via chat if you'd like to do that. So if you don't want to miss out, if you like doing, seeing things live and seeing Adam and I talk about recording before we record and after we record. See if you can stump yeah. us, stump us, make fun of us, do whatever yeah. you need. It'll be hilarious. Yeah, heckle. Heckle away. Heckle. <laughs> heckle away. <laughs> but meanwhile, like we said last time, I appreciate everyone. Uh, can uh, subscribe to the show wherever you're at. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, thumbs up, bell. Ring that bell. Mm -hmm. Tell your friends. Send a carrier pigeon to your aunt. Letting her know about the show, I'd be greatly appreciated. <laughs> we, so would I. We would love you for it. <laughs> All right. Adam, has been a pleasure as usual. And everybody, we will see you in the next episode. Good night, everybody. Good night.